we're still uh, close enough after Purim that I think we could. Uh, I'm going to do not Purim related questions, but questions that maybe uh, sound Purim like. Um, and then maybe next week already we'll start getting into Pesach related questions. But uh, two two questions unrelated to each other. Just you'll tell me which one you want to hear about first. We'll probably have time for both of them. Uh, one of them is from a close Talmud of mine. Told me that he. Uh, he had to take his daughter for a doctor's appointment. I think it was. A, I think it's a daughter. I think it's a daughter. Maybe a son. Pretty sure it's a daughter. Uh, and he had to wait for a while because he had to take his daughter for an, for an ophthalmologist appointment in the city. And he had to. It was a very fancy uh, ophthalmologist, apparently high-end uh, doctor, that they had to wait a long time to be able to get an appointment. And while they're in the office, this Dr. Richards. They're in the office and they see that there's all sort of tennis paraphernalia all over the office, like uh, signed pictures and tennis rackets and things like this. So uh, his wife said to said to the doctor, um, "Are you you a big tennis fan? You know, I, I noticed that you're uh, you have tennis stuff all over the place." And the doctor was just like very, she was very curt and she was very not really responsive and she sort of like. You know, didn't really respond to the question. I found that very odd. Like you fill up your whole office with tennis paraphernalia, and then like they ask you the question, they don't. So they found it very odd that the doctor was so, you know, it was like that. But okay, they. Uh, but when they, they, they apparently they found it odd enough that when they got home, they decided to Google the doctor just to see. Apparently they they they, they knew that this doctor was a very hush of a doctor, and they knew that they waited months for an appointment. But they decided to Google the doctor. This doctor Renee Richards. So uh, so they Googled her, and they found that, um, I see a smile in the room, someone knows who she is, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah? okay. So they, right, so they, they found that Dr. Renee Richards was not always Dr., I, I don't know what her name was originally, but uh, grew up as a nice Jewish boy in Forest Hills, and at some point had changed into a woman and had decided that uh, she was uh, apparently he she was an excellent tennis player and uh, was in the 35 and older circuit I guess was ranked somewhere in the uh, 35 and older in tennis years that's like you know super senior citizen but they uh, that right well no there is apparently like a division like a 35 or older you know so uh, and apparently was ranked like top 20 in the world or something and and sued the uh, the, the the USTA for the right to play on the women's tour and uh, lost in the 1970s, was told that she not, cannot play on the women's tour because she's a man and not a woman. But she insisted that she's a woman after she got her operations and her everything else. So this guy is a big Rav Zilberstein fan, and he knows that I'm a big Rav So he, he said, I don't know what the Shaila is, but there's got to be a Shaila that we can ask over here. So I said, <laughs> I, so I, so I, said I think I know what the Shaila might be. I said, if you want to ask Rav Zilberstein a Shaila, so you have to get into the B'nai Brak mindset, right? So Rav Zilberstein is a B'nai Brak Posik. So you would never think of the Shaila, because if you were uh, going to a doctor's appointment and it was a female doctor, and the doctor, and you were being introduced to the doctor, and the doctor would stick out her hand and say, Shalom Aleichem, so you, you well, when say Shalom Aleichem, it would say, nice to meet you, you would stick out your hand and shake the hand. But in Bnei Brak, if you're a Talmud of uh, the Stipler and uh, that whole school of thought, you hold that it's Yahari Valiaver. 
to shake a woman's hand. So I said, there's your shayla. If you, uh, if you plan it out in advance that one of you is going to shake the doctor's hand and the other one will hold the baby, let's say, so to avoid having to, to shake the hand, which one should shake the hand? Should you see to it that it's you that shakes the hand because it's a man? Or should you see to it that it's a woman that shakes the hand? Okay, that was, that was the way to, to phrase the shayla. And also, I guess you could ask in general about getting refuah from someone who's uh, such a manuval or whatever to, uh, you know, they, in, in, in just a, a general question. Okay, that's shayla number one. Shayla number two. Yichud, okay, as much as, as much as you can be concerned about yichud when it comes to doctors, really depends on the situation, yeah. Well, so, maybe also? Okay, <laughs> but I, I don't think they're really starry for him to a minion anyhow, so, uh, you know, I don't know if, uh, yeah, so I mean, there are a lot of questions that can come up with a transgender person, obviously, but in terms of this particular, you know, relationship of a patient-doctor relationship, uh, another another question that, that came up, totally unrelated, just we'll see which one you want to deal with first. A Talmud of mine um, in, in uh, DRS, a, a 12th grader, uh, who's an excellent basketball player and a phenomenal bentora. Really, really big masmid, wonderful, wonderful bentora. And he's on the basketball team. Uh, he's going to be playing in the championship on Sunday, so they're actually apparently very good. And he... Uh, uh, and, and, he, and he has a teammate who he's friendly with on the team, on the basketball team, who's, um, let's say, uh, not quite as big of a Ben Torah as, uh, as him, to put it mildly. So they're, uh, they're, they're close friends, though. And, you know, they, and this, this Talmud will call him Moshe, because that's his name. So Moshe very much <laughs> tries to be, you know, tries, tries to be Makari of this other kid and tries to get him to learn, tries to get him. So, you know, then they're friends and he's, you know, not in a pushy way. So they're playing basketball in the gym, and they uh, and they and, and they challenge each other to a game of horse. You familiar with the game of horse? Right? No. Okay. So they challenge each other to a game of horse. So Moshe says to I don't know the other kid's name because he didn't tell me who it was. I could guess, but he didn't tell me who it was. So he challenges the other boy to a game of horse, and he says, "I'll tell you what." Moshe says, "If I win, you have to learn with me for ten minutes in the base measures." So the other boy says, "Well, what do I get if I win?" So he says, so if I were Moshe, I would have said, you get to learn with me for 10 minutes. In the <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, but the, the, he says, so what do you want? So the other boy says, without, without batting an eye, he says, I want to be able to choose any single word in the English language, and you have to say it really loud. <laughs> if I win. That was his challenge. So Moshe came over to me and he said, what do I do? Do I, uh, is this a bet that I should take on or is this not a bet that I should take on? Meaning, uh, on the one hand, if he, if he wins the bet, he can get this guy to learn for 10 minutes and then maybe, maybe get him for another 10 minutes and another 10, who knows? On the other hand, if he loses the bet, he may end up having to scream, I don't know, <laughs> use, use your imagination. So, uh, so he wanted to know, should he, should he take this bet or not? So, which Shiloh first? Number one. First, first one. First one. Yeah, what? That would be different than everyone. So, okay, the first Shiloh first. So, uh, in order to answer the first Shiloh, there are really two issues that have to be dealt with. The first issue that has to be dealt with is uh, the, really the bigger issue, which is what is the status of a transgender person, someone who had an, an operation to change themselves. And the second question that has to be dealt with is if we're going to ask the question in terms of shaking a woman's hand, or a man shaking a woman's hand, or a woman shaking a man's hand, what exactly is the status of that? Meaning, what would the Isser Bedavar uh, what, what, what would the Isser be? Now, I want to start with, the, with that part first because it, it may relate to um, 
Well, actually, no, we'll start with the first part first. In terms of the, the status of a transgender person, now it's important to realize that as, as much of, um, a, a, of an interesting topic as it may be, this is not the kind of topic that really you're going to probably gain so much from really delving, uh, delving into. I remember once I was asked by the NCSY Kolel to, uh, to prep the, the Madrichim on how to teach halacha. So, uh, so, or how to teach halacha to high school kids. So I gave them a talk, I don't know, uh, to 30 madrichim or whatever, before, uh, before the summer began, about how to teach halacha to high school kids. And I was talking about making it relevant and making it interesting and starting with a question that's a real-life question that makes it more intriguing, that people will buy in. And I got a call from, uh, from Rabbi Shai Shechter a couple of days later. He said, what in the world did you tell these guys? I said, why? What's, what's the matter? He said... They're, they're in the base measures like the Sefer Dorta Pujos. Have you heard the Sefer Dorta Pujos? It's a whole Sefer about transgender. It's a, you know, so they're, they're looking at ridiculous things. They're not like learning. They're, they're like studying, uh, you know, these weird topics because of, uh, he's, I said, no, that's not what I told them to do. <laughs> I didn't tell them to like, you know, so, you know, the, the, how relevant is that topic? Hopefully it's not, it's not, uh, it's not too relevant to anybody. But where it does become a, a major issue and why the halacha really matters, not just for you know, the manuval every once in a while who's going to decide that they're going to get a gender change for whatever reason, because that's the way the wind blows that, that day or whatever. That's a, it's not, not, not why it's a, such a relevant issue. The reason why it could be a very significant issue for people who are kadoshim and tahorim and really, uh, really, really you know, want the best is when dealing with, uh, with the tumtum vandroganist type of issue. If you have a child who's Rahman uh, al-Islam, who has some sort of, um, of uh, gender issue that, uh, that, you, that, that there are sveikos involved, and they often have to make a decision, the surgeons have to make a decision, what are we going to do? Are we going to go boy or go girl on the, on, on, on the child so that, uh, so that they could raise the child in a, in a normal way? So that's where it becomes a very relevant issue, meaning does a, does a surgeon slash parent have a right or an ability to make a decision that will affect what the child really is. That's where it becomes a very relevant issue in postcom. And that's what postcom discuss. If you have someone who's a suffolk ish, suffolk isha, is it better to make them an ish? Better to make them an isha? Better not to touch them? Better to leave them alone and just not do anything so that it remains uh, ambiguous gender? So what's, what's the, the best thing to do? And that's a very weighty matter. That is not, not a, simple, a simple question. But in order to answer that question, the first thing we have to discuss is can a person change their gender? Meaning, is there something in halacha? Can a person, does it, beca- if, a, if a woman becomes a man, if a woman changes it, so is there now an isra of mishkav zachar with that person? Because now they're a man. Is, uh, does the person become chayiv and mitzvahs like an ish, and not an, not an isha, mitzvahiv to a minion? All sorts of issues that relate to, I mean, there are a lot of halachic differences between men and women in, uh, in halacha. Aside from all the good lamdas, you know, whenever you want a good, a good chakira, it's always a woman is the nafkamina somehow. You know, by how it applies to an isha. Every, every mitzvah in Minchas Chinuch has uh, how it applies to an isha versus an ish. There are a lot of halachic differences between men and women. So the, the most notable uh, shita, and notable because it's totally counterintuitive, is that of the tzitz aliezer. Meaning, the intuitive opinion, and the opinion of the rov poskim is, that if a person is born a man, they're a man. If you're born a woman, you're a woman. And you can't change that. It's like saying that, uh, you know, if I, if I wag my tongue and pin a tail on my back, I'm a dog. It doesn't work that way. You can do whatever physical changes you want to make to your body and dress up however you want. It doesn't make you a dog. You're still a, you're st- you're st- you're still a person. Maybe a strange person, but you're still a, you're still a person. So the, 
the, the most intuitive opinion is that, uh, and this is the sheet of Rov Poskim, is that whatever you do to yourself, however one chooses to mutilate their body, they're still whatever they were born as. They're still, they're still a man if they were born a man, or a woman if, if, if born a woman. The Tzitz Eliezer has a very unique opinion. The Tzitz Eliezer uh, Tainas, and really, again, the, the basis of the Tzitz Eliezer, of, of the Tzitz Eliezer's discussion is really those who are Nebuch born with these types of uh, deformities and types of problems, and he discusses whether we have the power to be Koveya anything, and he suggests that we do. And he thinks that gender is entirely determined by what is external by what you can see on the outside of the body. And if therefore you can, uh, externally, the body looks like a female body, even if it was born a male, that it, could, uh, that it can actually change. I remember when I was in uh, Yeshiva University uh, once, uh, Rabbi Tendler was talking about this, and he uh, did not, to put it mildly, did not agree with the, uh, with the Tzitz Eliezer. He had a very, very sharp comment uh, against the Tzitz Eliezer on this. He told me, he, he told the group that he was speaking to that he said it to the Tzitz Eliezer, his very sharp comment. He said, I told Rabbi Waldenberg that, uh, whatever, I don't want to say on tape, but he said he, said he had a very, very sharp uh, remark about it. So, uh, so again, that's the, uh, I think the opinion of Rav Poskim is not like the Tzitz Eliezer, that a man is a man and a woman is a woman and the person is not able to change it. But, where this becomes so what interesting is what exactly is the iser? Let's say it's about shaking the hand or about yichud even. So is the iser not to be alone with someone of the opposite gender, or is the iser not to be alone with someone that there might be a taiva for? Meaning, if a person looks like a woman and talks like a woman and acts like a woman and everything about them seems like a woman, although even though now they're uh, even though they were born. They were born a man, so would that maybe still be subject to the iser of Nagia b'derechiba or of yichud or anything else? Shulcharach talks about yichud with two men. That uh, if you're dealing with prutzim, if you're dealing with a situation where people are chashul al kach, so then then there could be an iser of yichud even with uh, with with multiple men. So the 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 it's it's interesting to um, to note uh, what to, or to discuss even what is this uh, this iser of Nagiyah B'darachiba to, to begin with. Meaning, there is a Machlokas Rishonim, well-known Machlokas Rishonim between the Ramban and the Rambam, whether, uh, whether Nagiyah B'darachiba is Nisad Daraisa or Nisad Rabbanan. When you teach high school boys, one of the, the big topics, whenever you give a choice, what topic do you want to hear about today? Any topic. Oh, talk about Nagiyah. Why? Why do you want to talk about Nagiyah? Okay, they want to hear whether Machlokas, whether it's Nisad Daraisa or Nisad Rabbanan. So it's Machlokas Rambam Ramban. The Rambam writes in Sefer Mitzvah Losa Say Shinun Gimel, Hisir me Karevel Achas me Arayosa Elu Vafilu Belobia, Kigon, Chibuk, Venishuk, Uchadomalahem, Minapulos, Haznus, or Hazaros, that a person is not supposed to engage in any loving, affectionate type of touching with members of the opposite gender. And this is an Isidar Raisa, it's a Losa say in the Torah, says the Rambam. And the Rambam records this to Allah in Isuribiya Perechafal of Allah Aleph, that anyone who's Baal Ervam and Arayus Derechevarim, oh! Shechibek v'nishek derech taiva v'nena b'kiruv basar hareza loka min ha-Torah. So he's loka min ha-Torah, gets malkus min ha-Torah. That's the understanding of the Rambam, yeah. Is it for one of the arayas or anyone of the opposite gender? So this, let's, let's assume our arayas, but let's assume, uh, right, so... With the exceptions of mother and grandmother. Right, with the exceptions of mother and grandmother. But uh, let's assume Nida is Arayos, right? So most of the time when you're dealing with, uh, 
with uh, with a you know with with a uh, with a woman with a random woman a Jewish woman at least it would be it would be uh, it would be a rayos. So in what? Oh, in our case, definitely not. I think de- definitely not. Um, but that, that's the the general iser of uh, of touching. Now, um, Rav Yosef Engel in, in Asfand Raisa has a long essay about a concept called siyag Raisa. That very often we think of things as isurim Raisa and isurim drabanan. Isurim Raisa are always just the etzem iser, and isurim drabanan are a siyag. Very often they're a fence built around the iser. Rav Yosef Engel suggests that maybe there's a concept called siyag Raisa. Maybe sometimes there's an iser Raisa that's made that's made uh, that's made by a Kurdish Baruch it's an Isidar Isa, it's a real Isidar Isa, but it itself is only a siyag to another Isidar Isa. It's a fence around another Isidar Isa. And he says, I wonder if there, this is Rav Yosef Engel's style, he comes up with a concept that no one else ever thought of before, and he says, I wonder if there are any examples of this, and then he gives you 27 examples. So he says, I wonder if there are any examples of siyag Isa. Well, here's 18, and he gives like 18 examples of siyag Isa in using all of Shas, Niglin, Nister, Rishonim, whatever, Unbelievable. So, uh, so one of the things he says is that this Ramam is siyag daraisa. That the iser of chibuk v'nishuk is an iser shema yava liday erva. That might might be uh, that you'll be bal al arayos. He says yichud also yichud is asim in Even though the Gemara uses the expression at the end of Masechus Kiddushin, remez li yichud min minayim, the Gemara says, and it has the strangest drasha the Gemara has, ki yisischa chichad ben imecha, v'chi ben emesis ben av, eno mesis, ben misyachid imimo, the Gemara has the strange drasha, that just because the word ben and aim are right next to each other in the Torah, so we see that a mother and a son are allowed to have yichud with each other, but no other arayos are allowed to have yichud with each other. Very, very strange drasha. It's not, it's none of the Yudgam Amid, the Shatarim drasha that tells you to make that kind of drasha, and it use the word remez, but it's clear in other sugis and shas, that in Sanhedrin and elsewhere in Vodzar, that, that uh, the yichud is an isadar raisa with arayos. Yichud with a, with a, with ish, with arayos, is an isadar raisa. Yichud with a pnuya is not an isadar raisa. Yichud with a single girl, based dino shel david was gozer. The basin of David Amelch was gozer. Why was David Amelch's basin gozer on yichud with a single girl? Because Amnon Tamar, right. The Maisa of Amnon Tamar, David saw that my, my daughter Tamar, such a tsnua, such a wonderful person, could have something like this happen to her, where Amnon, her brother, her half-brother, whatever, tried to, uh, tried to assault her, tried to take advantage of her. So if that could happen... Not try. Not try, did. Right, so if that could happen to, uh, to Tamar, so we shouldn't allow Yichud even with a Pnuya. So David Amelchus goes to Yichud Pnuya. Yichud with a guy, with a, with a non-Jew, based Dino Shel Shammai Vihilo goes in. So that was a later Gzeira Midrabanan. But Yichud, but the, the original Yichud, Yichud with Arayos, is Zminatar. Uh, it comes out funny, I, I always tell uh, my Talmidim my, my that, you know, if, you, if you're in a situation where you have to go over to your neighbor's house, let's say, and the mom is home and the girl that's your age is home, the teenage girl and the, uh, and the, the mother are both home. So your Yichud with one guy and two girls is, is, is us or also. So I said, which is the worst is yichud? The fact that the that the girl your age is there, or the fact that her mom is home. So the the mom is the worst is yichud, right? Because the uh, because she's an ish. 
right? So she's she's arayos. She's nisad arayos. So the girl that's his age is a pnuya. Okay, if she's a nida, then she's arayos also. Fine, but uh, but uh, but at least that's debatable whether whether a nida's arayos or not. Um, that's that's another essay Rav Yosef Engel has whether a nida has the status of arayos or doesn't have the status of arayos. But that's the issue of uh, that, that that's the concept of siyag daraisa. So you suggest even if you assume like the Rambam that it's nisad daraisa, it's a siyag. Now the real question is how do you define darachiba? What's called derechiba? What's called negia b'derechiba? So that's a major, major dispute. What's called derech taiva, I guess you could say. So the stipler was of the opinion that any time you're touching someone in a uh, in in a way that is um, that that is uh, warm and friendly, that's called derechiba or derech taiva. So the stipler and Rabbi Yam Zilber, the Shuvah Saz Nidbru, who's a, a Talmud of the Chazanish also, and the Chazanish held this way, held that the shaking a hand. Rabbi Yam Zilber has an expression, he says, Mali chibuk evarim, mali chibuk yadayim. What difference does it make if you're giving a hug or giving a hand hug? That shaking hand is also a hug, it's just hugging of the hands. I don't know, one could argue that there's a big difference. That there's a, a difference when you're just shaking a hand. It's just it's meant to be that's just a cordial way that you would that you would greet anybody. Um, and that that's the accepted way to greet people. But anyway, that, that was the stipler's opinion and is taken very seriously by the Bnei Brak Poskim like that. Now it should be noted in Rav Moshe's Chuvas in Igris Moshe, he doesn't say anywhere that it's mutter to shake a hand of a of of, of a woman. Rav Moshe in in in, uh, in one chuva hints to the possibility that it might be mutter, but he doesn't say anywhere that it, that it is mutter. I mean, Rav Moshe writes, if it were mutter, I guess you could suggest that those who hold its mutter must hold that it's not called derechiba. He writes in Evan Ezra Simonun Vav that, uh, that, that, that ulai sovereign, those who hold that it's mutter, maybe they hold the inzed derechiba v'tayva, avulamaisa kashalismachalza. Well, the Maeser Rav Moshe says difficult to be somich on this. Now, that's what Rav Moshe wrote in the Tshuva. You speak to people who spoke to Rav Moshe and actually asked him the Shaila. Apparently, he used to tell people Kaseder that it's no problem, that they could shake their hand. For some reason, he didn't want to publish that, but very reliable people. Which reliable people say that? So, for one, Rav Sturmbach in the Tshuva writes that he had someone that asked him the Shaila. And Rav Sturmbach goes with the old, uh, you know, with the, with the Eretzral, the Kapsak of uh, Yaharik Valyava personally. He says, but then the person went there. And asked Rav Moshe Feinstein, and Rav Moshe told them that it's okay, that it's uh, that it's mutter to do. So Shlomach reports that Rav Moshe gave such a hetter, but it wasn't just Rav Moshe. There were many, many other gedolei apostles. Rav Shechter always likes to tell the story that Rav Shimon Shkap had a granddaughter who was uh, I don't know if she wasn't so from or something, and uh, she had a friend who wasn't from at all. Uh, they said maybe a communist or something, and uh, the friend was uh, the, her friend was was at the house, and, and and she introduced her friend to her grandfather. And uh, and uh, the the friend when she met Rav Shimon stuck out her hand to shake Rav Shimon's hand, so Rav Shimon shook her hand, and after she left, Rav Shimon said to his granddaughter, "Your friend doesn't even know enough that, to know that you're not supposed to shake a man's hand. They, they, he's meet an Orthodox man. You're not supposed to shake his hand. But at least I know enough not to be malvin pnei chaver barabin, not to uh, humiliate her publicly that if she sticks out her hand that I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna shake the hand. Meaning there are many poskim that are of the opinion." That uh, Rav Chaim Berlin writes this way in the Tshuva also in the Nishmas Chaim 
that uh, that that it would be a, 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 that you always whenever you want to be machmir on something you always have to balance that against the kula on the other side you want to be machmir and not shake the hand but if it's going to be terribly insulting to a person so you have to balance that that's not something that that you could take that you could take very lightly that's something that has to be that has to be taken seriously so uh, there are other rates you know Rav Salvech they say used to say to give the dead fish to just uh, you know put your hand there and let them shake the hand but they say that let's say if you're applying for a job and you try that on the job interview, you will not get the job. Meaning the decision is often made by the time the handshake happens or right after, shortly thereafter. If you ever read Malcolm Gladwell's Blink, how quickly <laughs> decisions are made sometimes in job interviews. So if they, uh, you know, if they shake your hand and you just give the dead fish, you're not getting the job. So Rabbi Willick said he used to recommend like uh, he, he used to recommend the dead fish. Then he found that that's a bad idea. So then he recommended the uh, the bone crusher. And then he said then he found out that's a bad idea also to like you know you know because that's also no one likes to be hurt. So he said quick firm handshake. And I think that's what most folks can say that a quick firm. Good handshake, not not like uh, right. And that's what Shach said also. Now it may make a difference. Okay, so that's in general. There are there are shitos all over the place in terms of that. Um, Ravan Salvejik also based on Yushalmi and Sota. Yushalmi and Sota talks about the Kohen holding his hands under the hands of the Sota when they would do the the waving of the carbon. So the the Kohen would put his hands right under the hands of the Sota. How is he allowed to do that? How is he allowed to put his hands on her hands? So Ravan uh, Salvejik said, you see, if it was a it was a regular, it was a quick moment. It wasn't it wasn't for any extended period of time that that would be that would be permissible. So it also may depend on how attractive you are. I mean, is it called derech taiva if there's no attraction whatsoever? If the person is not an attractive not an attractive person, Rav Shachter said that once he had uh, he was in a bank, he had to take care of something with his bank account, and the uh, the, the the woman that was helping him shook his hand, you know, to, 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 when, when she introduced herself. So he shook her hand, and then afterwards she says, oh my gosh, you're a rabbi, I, I, I didn't realize. And he said, I didn't say it out loud, but I, I mean, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't attracted to her. I didn't think it was a problem at all. She wasn't attractive at all. So if, if it's someone that's, uh, that's not attractive at all, so then maybe it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be called Derek Taivi either. But Rav Zilberstein is certainly going to be of the school of thought of the stipler and others who hold that it's Yaharik Valiavar. How could Yahar from Heter Gamer to Yaharik Valiavar, that's quite, a, that's quite a gap. How do you get to Yahar He means seriously, Yahar Gvalyavr. They're not saying it's Tom as a joke, as a way of saying, you know, in Aristotle, sometimes Yahar Gvalyavr is a way of saying that person doesn't agree with me, right? That it's, uh, Abik- it's like what the word Abikaris means. Abikaris <laughs> means someone who's not exactly like me. So Yahar Gvalyavr, but, that's, that, 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 but they, they mean it seriously when they say Yahar Gvalyavr. How could it be Yahar Gvalyavr? Because there's a concept of Abizrai of the Gila Arayas. And not only is Gilea Rais Haser, is Gilea Rais Yarik Valiavar, but anything that's even an Abizrayu of Gilea Rais, that even is a remnant or, or slightly connected to Gilea Rais, would be Yarik Valiavar. The Gemara gives the example of the man that needed to speak to the woman, presumably in some dirty, unclean, not nice way, that uh, in order to save his life, the doctors diagnosed him. They said, oh, yeah, you have that disease where you need to speak to, to, the, to the woman in, uh, in a dirty way in order to, uh, in order to, to get better. And uh, they said to let him die rather than have to, than have to speak in that way. It's Yaharik Valiavar. So the Shaila then becomes, okay, so what about if you have a person who looks like a woman and is, you know, is exactly like a woman, would this be, if you're in the Yaharik Valiavar camp, would this be a violation? That would be Yaharik Valiavar. So, or would this be a violation at all for the man to shake this person who was born a man and is now a woman to shake their hand? So, um, 
So we asked from Silverstein, and um, this is kind of funny because um, what I do is when I get the chubas back from him, I'll often I'll put it up on the smart board in my high school class, and we'll read the chuba together. So I have a hard time translating this one. First of all, this is in his handwriting. I didn't get it typed up. So, uh, but he writes. Um, he says he says that mutul uh, will say it's a rofe Russia. He says certainly you're allowed to get a refuah from such a rofe from such a doctor. Im as long as the person is a licensed doctor. You know you should you can it's there's no problem. You don't have to look into every doctor's personal life and whether they're worthy of uh, of being merape. So he says and vidino kigever lechaldaver. Certainly the halach is, it's a man. The person was born a man, certainly a man. And it's therefore mutter for a man to shake the person's hand. For his wife, he said it would be asr to shake this person's hand. Because he's a man, and he can't shake a man's hand, so it would be asr. So I said, what about the Yehurim? Is it the issue of man and woman, or is it an issue of Yehurim? That a person, he says, You don't have to worry about Yehurim. Uh, and here's where it got a little tricky to, uh, to, to, uh, um, yeah, to, to, to translate. He says, He's full of all sorts of cuts and surgeries and things. So then I told me, we're like, wait, it's a, he's full of... <laughs> so, so what he means when he says malet sawa, what he means is... He doesn't mean that. What he means is full of hormones. I think he means shut up with all these hormones. That's what it means, that it's not something that's... A, knowing what you know, you're not going to be attracted to such a person. Aside from the fact that if you Google Renee Richards, she's 80 years old. I mean, she's not like, uh, you know, it's not, not, not a, a young person. She's an 80-year-old person. He, she, 80-year-old person. So, but and, and full of hormones that they're shut up with and everything. He said he didn't think that there would be any shashvir hurum. So the person is a man, and knowing what you know, there would not certainly not be any iser for a uh, man to shake that person's hand. Okay. Um, I feel like that's going to connect to the second question. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why is that going to connect to the second question? Because you might have to say something out loud. Okay, so in, in fact, it does connect to the second question in a certain sense. Um, the uh, what the second question, what the right, what the yeah. What's the pos- once the Zilberstein is positive that this fairly transgender doctor is a has the looks of a man? Why should it be any different or any difference than a? I mean, aside from your hurum, once you say it's mutter to shake their hand, why shouldn't it be any? More or less, much of that would be to shake a normal man, to shake a normal man's hand. If there was, this is a properly male, identified male doctor, the man who identifies as a man doctor, why should it be any different than a woman being allowed not allowed to shake his hand be any worse than? Oh, Zilberstein would hold that a woman is not allowed to shake a man's hand. So if it's a male doctor, the woman cannot shake his hand, and he holds the woman cannot shake this man's hand either, mm-hmm. even though this man looks like a woman. So apparently he doesn't think that, uh, he thinks that the Yisr is man, woman, period, is Abizrayi, the Gila, Rais, no matter what kind of woman, no matter what they look like, no matter what. 
And if you want to worry about Hirhurim, sometimes there are things that, that, that we worry about, like we mentioned, Yichud with two men, if they're Prutzim and things like that. So the, those are things that are more adjustable based on the situation. Are more, so, so in that situation, uh, he didn't think that there would be any Chashash Hirhur, and I would suspect that he's right. That there wouldn't be any chashash here in this kind of uh, in this kind of situation. Now the other shaila. What's the other shaila shaila about? What, what's the guy worried about? What's Moshe worried about? Nivelpeh. So everyone always says nivelpeh. So you fell right into my trap. Where does nivelpeh come up in Shas? The Gemara Maseches Ksuvis. I, I know it from Ksuvis, but it really comes up earlier in Shas also. What? So if you, uh, that's the Gemara in, in Shabbos. The Gemara in, uh, in a couple places in Shas talks about nivelpeh and talks about how terrible nivelpeh is. And uh, in Ksuvis, it only has that one line where it says, Everyone knows why a kala, the first part of Ksuvis, I think like the days or so, everyone knows why a kala goes to the chuppah. It doesn't mean why a kala goes to the chuppah. It means everyone knows what's going to be happening the night of the chuppah. But someone who speaks nivel pen speaks about such things. That even if he had a gzardin of 70 positive years, it's all going to turn to 70 negative years for nivel pen. Now, what's nivel pen? Over there, the Gemara is clearly not talking about the used to be, I think, six words. Now it's probably one word that you're not allowed to say on television. So uh, network television, at least. So I don't know how many are left, but they're, 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 they're probably not too many. So uh, over there, it's not talking about that. It's not talking about saying words that are bad words. What's it talking about? It means talking about matters that should not be discussed publicly. Talking about what the Hassan and Kala are going to do on the night of the wedding. These are matters that should not be discussed. That shouldn't be, a person shouldn't speak about such matters. So nivel peh means that innuendo, that kind of talk, those kinds of things. These kinds of matters shouldn't be spoken. That's how Chazal used the term nivel peh. And that's clearly what the Gemara in Shabbos Tavlam Gimel is about also. Shabbos Tavlam Gimel and Aleph also talks about nivel peh. And the Gemara tells us, Ba'avon nivlus peh, tsaros, rabos, ugzeros, kashos, mischachos, that all sorts of tsaros happen. Ubachure sona yisrael, mesim yisomim, va'almanos, and people are going to die young, and they're going to, and, and the, the Amonos are going to cry out, and there's going to be no one to answer them, to, to have Rachmanos on them, and uh, and and goes on to say, uh, and then it quotes that line from Ches, and then it says, Anyone who's menavelous piv, his gehenim is made deeper for him. Whatever that means. Gehenim is probably not pleasant to begin with. When it's made deeper, it's probably less pleasant. So that's nivel peh. But that is not what, what, what this is about. Right? Unless, I mean, it could be potentially. I don't know what one word he would say. That would be, I guess he could. But that's not, that's not what this is about. His, his concern is not nivel peh. What's his concern over here? It's really, now we get into the Shloshim Yom Kodem Achad. If you want to start studying Hilchas Pesach, what do you do? You open up a Gemara Pesachim, Dav Bezim and Aleph, and you get to the very first word of Mesechus Pesachim, and the very first word in all of Mesechus Pesachim is... Or, or and the Gemara spends a daf and a half trying to figure out what the word or means. We're supposed to do bedikas chametz on the or of the fourteenth day of Nisan. What in the world's word or mean? The word or means life, but that's not a time of day. So which time of day is that? So the Gemara spends a daf and a half proving that or really means night. Well, that's confusing. If you want to say night, why would you use the word or? In fact, at night, you don't see so much or outside. So why would we, why would we call it or? So the Gemara says, 
Lishnama al Yanakat. That the Gemara wants to choose, wants to use Alasha Nakia. The Gemara wants, the Mishnah rather, wants to use the cleanest possible language. And the Gemara spent some time discussing the concept of speaking in a clean way, speaking in the cleanest possible way, and says that we derive this from Psukim. Sharei Ike Makosov Shmona Osios, Vlahoti Dover Maguna Mipiv. The Torah went out of its way. The Torah, which is so careful about every single letter and never to have an extra letter, an extra word anywhere, went out of its way eight letters in order not to be moti yudavar maguna, not to say something disgusting. Shenemar, minabehema, Torah, minabehema. So if we were finishing the sentence, we would say, hatameya. But what does the Pasuk say? Ashere nena tahora. And then Rav Papa says nine letters, a different Pasuk, Rav Inomar, uh, Eser, uh, ten letters, and then you have uh, someone else said, Debe Rabbi Yishmol, someone says someone adds more, 16 letters or something. Yeah, Shei, Rav Achabar Yaakov, you have all, all these extra letters, extra words in the Torah, just so that we avoid a Lashem Maguna. And the Gemara goes on to give examples where people talk about just things that are not nice. People say a chazer and things. They talk about things that are, that are just not a refined way of speaking. So it seems that the issue over here is that. Meaning the issue is not one that we would call nivel peh, as much as it would be lishna nikia. Now you're not wrong when you say nivel peh, because many of the Rishonim associate the two. They associate nivel peh with lishna nikia. And the reason I'm pointing that out is because you have to figure out what kind of iser is this. What kind of iser in terms of what level iser? Is this nisadar ais and nisadar and hagatova? How, how broad is this, is this iser? Um, what? You think it's only on Hagatov? The Gemara has three psukim. Because the Rambam says it shouldn't be written in Nikiyut, so it's like higher level kind of. Okay, maybe it's a key to Nikiyus, but it's also, but maybe a requirement nonetheless. I mean, we're quoting three psukim over here in the Gemara. And it's not just Stam quoting, uh, you know, Nasmachta, uh, it's actually showing extra words in the Torah. So if there are extra words in the Torah to teach us, Dafka this did, maybe that tells you something, yeah? So what is do I commit if I say, yeah. Right. So the the ah. So is, is it an aver, is it a losa say in the Torah? It seems not that way. It's not a losa say in the Torah unless unless it's associated with other isurim of of language. The Rabbein Yonah in Shari Tshuva in Shar Gimel associates all uh, verbal sins, almost all verbal sins, with each other. He says he says that uh, someone who speaks nivel peh. Uh, speaks Lashon Shein and Nikia rather. He says, "Kamo geder li zar mi nivlus hape, shimin averos hachamuros, vegam geder li zar mi sipra lashon hara, unasinas dovi lebrios." Kamo shamra Rabbi Sevus Zecharim levracha al harchakas hadibor begnus, afil begnus behemet melo dibarakasov. He associates all sorts of things: nivel pe, lishon Nikia, lashon hara, diber begnus. What's diber begnus? What is that about? Just not to be a negative person, not to speak negatively about things. You know, there are those people that just always complain about everything. So not to be one of those people that complains about everything. It's always speaking about the negative. Should be a positive person. Divabagnus is also in some way a sin of of, uh, of language. So it seems that from from Rabbeinu Yonah that that this would be this would be in that category. Now there is a tshuva that I, I didn't find on my own. I, I I couldn't find any really good essays on the topic of lishon Nakia, So I emailed uh, my friend Rabbi Daniel Feldman asking if he ever wrote anything on the topic because he's uh, he's very big into writing on Benad uh, Mechaveru type of issues. Although Nivelpa I don't think is a Benad Mechaveru issue. 
And I don't think it's Ben Adam Makum either. I think this would fit very nicely into the category of Ben Adam La'atzmo, of that third category. Because it's just that Ben Adam La'atzmo is generally associated with just, you know, look at yourself. What, what have you become? You know, look at how, you know, what kind of uh, crass individual are you? And that's what Nivel that's what Lishan Nakia, Lishashain Nakia, is that you're just speaking in such a, such a crass way that it's like, um, that, that it would seem to be that if a person, let's say, closes a door in a room and just screams a curse word, you know, as loud as he can, is that, is that okay? That's no, not okay, even though no one heard it, because it's been atzmo. It's a certain amount of uh, self-respect. Okay, you could argue been adam makom also, but I, I would, I, I would think it's been adam atzmo. I told you the story of my Talmud, who uh, whose family was big fan, fans of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Did you ever tell you this, Maisa? No, he told me is uh, yeah. I always use this as the example of bin adam la'atzmo. Like, how do you define what's an issue bin adam la'atzmo? So he said he has an, his fa- his fa- whole family. Most of them aren't from. Are very very big fans of the Notre Dame football team, and um, the, the Zayd played for the team, I think. Or, or was it? So the uh, so so they're, they're very very big fans. So he said his uncle was once driving somewhere on a Saturday, and uh, he realized that the Irish were about to play. So he pulled into uh, the next rest stop, checked into a hotel to watch the game, because he wasn't going to miss the game. So he checked into a hotel to watch the game. He said, the Fighting Irish lost, and my uncle, on the way out of the hotel, paid for the hotel room, he paid for the television, and for the window that he threw it through. <laughs> so the, so, so that's, that's the way he tells the story. So I always use that as an example. Is that, Benad al he paid them back, he did everything, you know, he's, he's totally good, Benad al But Benad al-Atzmo, if that's the way you react when your football team loses, you know, is that, uh, is, is that, is that healthy? I mean, that, that's, it's bin al Atzmo, there's a chisar. Nivel Peh is likely not very bin al Atzmo. The Kajglav, so Rabbi Daniel Falden pointed out to me, the Kajglav in the Tshuva, in Eretz Vi, Chelek Beis, goes so far as to suggest that this may be shaykh to, to Obdik Chavim as well. That Nivel Peh may be an Isra for Gaim as well. I mean, this touches on what some of you were pointing out. Which Isra is in the Torah? It's not amongst the Shasalos, Asid Ramach, Mitzvah Saseh. So you could take that in two ways. You could either say it's not amongst the 613 mitzvahs because it's apparently not as important as a mitzvah. Or you could say, no, it's bigger than, than, than what would be categorized as a mitzvah. Mitzvahs do this, don't do that. But this is just something that's about being a, uh, a reasonable person, about being a uh, normal human being. And that maybe is beyond what the, uh, what, what the, what the mitzvahs are. The Kajglava writes, Lashon harav, nivel pev, gasus aruach, that all these things, midos ros, midos ros, enon bechal taryag mitzvahs, umikal makom chamiri tuva milav gamur. He says they're not amongst the Tariyag mitzvahs, but they're more chamur than a regular than a regular lav. And he quotes from Chaim Vital and Shari Kedusha like this: that midos raos are more chamur than a regular lav. So it could, you, one could very well argue that lishna lashon shein and nikia. You know, Rabbi Friend tells the Maisa that Rav Pam's mother, Rav Pam Zichron Levrach, used to say about his mother that his mother would never, she couldn't say the word sheker. If something was, was not true, she couldn't, it was a dirty word, so she would say, das nisht emes. She, she couldn't say sheker, she couldn't say that it was a, it was a dirty word for her. So Rabbi Fran likes to say, Rabbi Fran said, so what do, you have, what do you have if you have a woman like that? You have a son like Rav Pam. So in the there were other things that went into making Rav Pam also. Other, but yeah, but that's, that's a big ingredient, obviously. Such a taras nefesh that she couldn't even say a word that, that has, that has a, a slightly negative connotation. We should already point out, the word Lila is not a bad word. You know, the Mishnah in the beginning of uh, Psachim could have said, 
Laila, it's just, why start off a Masechta on a negative note? You know, with a dark, dreary note. But it's not, it's not a bad word. But certainly words that are bad words, people should, uh, should avoid at all costs. Now, as far as this, this, this goes, so someone told me, a friend of mine told me that, he said, I, 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 I mentioned this to a couple of chevron in my shul, so uh, one, one of the guys in the shul who's a good friend of mine said to me, he said, you should know, I was that guy in high school. Not, not Moshe, I was that other guy in high school. And I easily would have made that better. In fact, I did, and I never in a million years would have made the guy say the word. I just, it was just for the story. You know, I would do it just for the story. To, you know, I never, ever would have made him say, say, say the word. But that's not necessarily true of everyone. This guy happens to be a really good-hearted person. It's not necessarily true of everybody. I told the boy I don't think you should enter into any such agreement. Even leaving out gambling and all other things. And you know, Rabbi Kamenetsky has a big thing that uh, any sort of gambling, even if it's mutter minadin, you know, any sort of bets, we should completely discouraged because it becomes such an addiction and it becomes such a, a terrible thing. But even without that, I, I just don't think it's... Uh, I think there are other ways to, uh, to deal with it. Make some other deal, make some sort of... Uh, you know, you could, you could work something else out to, uh, to, you know, to, to try to get the boy into the base marriage. I don't think it has to come at the expense of potentially sacrificing your own neshama, especially for a high school boy. You're dealing with someone who's still in his formative years. And he's gonna, and he's gonna, gonna sacrifice that Even kind if of. You won. The fact that you were willing to. Right. What does that say to the other kid that I was willing to? <laughs> I did ask him, "Are you much better than him?" He said, "No." Nah. He said, "We're pretty close." So, <laughs> if he was much better than him, then maybe, maybe. Okay. Have a good night. Have a good Shabbos, everybody.